Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the By God Wrestling Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about a bunch of things. We're going to talk about Battleground 2016. We're going to talk about the Cruiserweight Classic and, of course, the brand split uh, and all the ramifications of it. Um, there's quite a lot to get through, so let's not leave you waiting. Uh, with me today as your host, Chris Lipscomb, uh, is, as always, the wrestling mastermind, Colin Barr. Hello, Colin. Hello. Uh, and also with us this week is the wrestling historian, Peter Chapman. You right, Peter? Hello. Uh, excellent. That's that out of the way. Uh, next. So let's um, go first. I think we'll probably talk about the brand split first. Um, it was quite a big deal, right? Um, did we like yeah. how it was done? Have we liked what the results have been so far? Oh, I thought it was a fucking mess, but the results have been quite good. Yeah, the way they actually, actually did it was weird. Yeah. But the show was just kind of a random show with some promo packages in it. Mm-hmm. They could have... There was all They had all the reaction and interviews on the network, but that you really needed that on a TV show to make any sense. Yeah, yeah, just the way it was presented was a bit weird, and uh, like doing half the draft on Raw, and then the other half of the draft being tucked away somewhere where people had to go and find it. It was just a bit weird, and I still can't remember who's in what brand. It's all a bit I mean, confusing. To an extent, they've always done that in like the rubbish picks that no one cares about. We're always just listed on WWE.com, so it's slightly better now that it's actually on the network that you actually yeah. get some analysis. Yeah, and I really, really like what they've done with Heath Slater. Yeah, I think that's yeah. actually a really interesting role for him. I think it's brilliant. I think he's uh, already taken it quite well and doing quite well with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's doing brilliantly with it. For a guy you never think about, anything never give him is he always does amazing at. Yeah, it's yeah. great. I mean, that's why apparently he's a very respected worker in the back, just because he, he is like that. Like, they can give him anything and it works. Uh, so I think he's he's coming out of this really well. Um, I just hope they keep that rolling, like keep the momentum going with it because it's a fun little angle for him. Yeah. Um, a lot. Someone I saw someone suggest that he would be a good way um, to do the same thing he did with Rhino last week and kind of uh, debut some of the returning guys. <laughs> yeah, everyone that debuts, everyone that is called up just comes out and hits Heath later. But it's, it would be a good thing for him to do, you know. It's a good way <laughs> to. It's a good, consistent kind of message. Yeah, that'd be really funny. And, and you also know that if you see Heath Slater, you kind of know what's coming. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, I also predicted that Rhino call up about fifteen minutes before it happened. I was talking to my wife and said, you know, they should bring like Tommy Dreamer and Rhino back and fill <laughs> out the roster a bit because it looks a bit empty. Yeah. And then Rhino popped up, and I was like, Jesus Christ! I'm buying a lottery ticket immediately. <laughs> Um, I, I think I think the um, upcoming edition of Shelton Benjamin SmackDown is going to be good as well. Yeah, that's a bit odd. I think. Really, I think he, a, he's he's be a good person to come back and kind of work with American Alpha or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think it was just odd to see his name again. I haven't really heard anything about him for a long time. He's been doing good stuff in Japan, so. Right. Everyone does good stuff in Japan now. It's true. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um, it, it, looking at the SmackDown roster, it's got a hell of a lot of big names on it. But watching last week's SmackDown, it just it felt a bit like no one really. Uh, I guess it's the first show, so you can't really judge too much. But it's, you've got Del Rio, you've got Becky Lynch, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, John Cena, AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose. But just watching the show, it still felt a little bit flat. Yeah, it was a bit, because the, obviously I had two issues with it. The first one being that there's nothing for the women on that show at all to fight for. There's no reason for them to exist on that show. No. Because there's no title. Mm. Um, and the second one being they came out and did that, announced that six-man match and all that. And then at the end of it, like they were picking the names and I was like, right, so obviously they're going to pick these people and then they picked those people. And then they announced the Battle Royal for the final spot. And it was like, well, who's actually left? And they just filled the Battle Royal was like, Three quarters of it was tag teams. Yeah, I guess um, that's true. So then looking at that, it was like, well, it's probably not going to be any of the tag teams, although it would have been cool to be Zack Ryder. So then who is it going to be? And you can sort of pick out from that who it was going to be. You know, they just seemed very light. It was like, well, here's who's going to fight for the number one contendership, and it's basically everyone on our roster. And, oh, we've got a few tag teams, so we have to do something else. And they threw that Battle royal together. I think... Um, I think, well, I think one of the ideas of SmackDown, though, is that you do 
have those guys who aren't quite as uh, well known to try and build them up a bit. Like, yeah, and it was playing, playing on the opportunity for everyone and all that sort of stuff, wasn't it? But yeah. it just for me, it, it just kind of shone a light on how how thin that roster is. As thin, and but the, they did do a good job that night of building up. I think Baron Corbin quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as long as they keep doing that, and I guess they've got Rhino, Shelton, Benjamin, they probably will bring back guys like Tommy Dreamer for a few months just to pan it out, pad it out a bit. Um, but they're going to have to add more titles to it. I think that's inevitable because you've got some good tag teams on there as well as good women, and yep. there's absolutely nothing for them. So we'll probably end up with two versions of each title. I mean, I I think um, I don't think you're getting it with two versions of every title. I don't know what they're going to do with the tag titles. Um, that kind of interests me at the minute. I don't know what they're going to do with the women's title. I don't think there's enough. There's not enough depth in the women on. SmackDown to do their own title for them. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think they're going to have to though, because otherwise, what's Becky Lynch and Natalia and the, the rest of them? Uh, what are they going to really be there for? I know that's, that's up, the problem. Alexa Bliss, Eva Marie, uh, Carmella, and they put them all on SmackDown, so they must be planning on the Divas Championship or something similar coming back. Yeah, and it's clear from the like the women on that roster, it's clear that they're kind of still in almost a developmental role. I mean, Alexa Bliss is almost there. Carmella's getting there. Eva Marie's still miles away from being capable of being on TV, but they seem to be intent on pushing her anyway. I like that so with, all, with Eva Marie then. are working on it. I like that with Eva Marie they're now steering into the hate with kind of the... Um, yeah. Her her entrance music, where it's the guy like bigging her up hugely. I thought that was really smart. Yeah, um, but it's so it's obvious that there's kind of a developmental role for SmackDown there with the women, mm. but they've also got Becky Lynch and Natalia who are fantastic and should yeah. be in and around the title. So it's kind of confusing what they're going to try and do with that. But I think they have to have they. I mean, they have to have something. They have to have a reason for those women to be fighting. Every I think week. that's true. Um, um, and whether that's just like whether the SmackDown always presents the number one contender for the women's belt, yeah, but, so but that then, every two months at a pay per view, then they do. Do you mean only the like the split pay per views? Otherwise, you're then getting yeah. to the opposite position where there's no one, nothing for anyone on Raw to do at that point. Yeah, that's true as well, I suppose. And it takes the heat out of any of the yeah. storylines that Raw would have if they did that. It's yeah. it's a interesting problem to solve, but I think it's a problem that they have to try and solve. Yeah. And soon, or people are just going to lose interest completely in the women's division on SmackDown. Yeah, and I also think it's interesting that they um, gave Raw the tag team champions, but like, there's just not a lot of well, there's not really a lot of tag team depth on either show. But by splitting the tag teams up, it just feels like I mean, who on Raw? Like you've got Enzo and Cass and Luke Gers and Kyle Aniston are the only real credible challenges for the tag team belts on that show. Like yeah, whoa, 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 whoa! You doubting Golden Truth and Puerto Rico here? I mean, obviously, I like the Golden Truth; they are fun. Um, or like the Dudley Boys, but you don't realistically feel that they're gonna. Well, well, I, I believe in Puerto Rico, so I think they're going to do good things. They're called the Shining Stars. They've got an actual name now. No, they're yeah. not. And they call them Primo and Epico. No, no they're Puerto Rico. Come on. That's, that. that's what Colin established <laughs> a long time ago. They're called Puerto Rico. Would that okay. not have been the best thing ever? Maybe it that's would've... an exaggeration, but it would have been a good, a good <laughs> it gimmick. It would have been better than the one they've got, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. it would have been more fun. Um, obviously, the big news that happened with that was, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about Battleground in a minute, um, but was uh, Dean Ambrose getting drafted to SmackDown with the WWE Championship. And retaining it at Battleground. They've been yeah, a championship. That's the, the other thing about the brand split is this new title that Raw's going to have is yep. really dumb. The Universal yeah. Champion. What the fuck Why? does that even mean? Why didn't you just call it the World Heavyweight Championship? They should just be the big gold too. belt back. Mm-hmm. The big gold belt is awesome and people like it and it has like an actual lineage. Um, the the only argument I've seen, and yep. I actually do buy this, is um, it was uh, Stephanie. It's like classic Stephanie one-upmanship, 
being like, well, they've got a world championship, so we're going to have a universal yeah. champion. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that world heavyweight belt. Yeah, it's awesome. The big gold belt. It's, I mean, that it doesn't just yeah. have lineage. That is the belt. You know, that's that's more than the WWE belt. That's the wrestling belt. That's I, the belt would, I would disagree that it is the wrestling the belt, but it is a it is a very very important belt. Uh, what would you say is the wrestling belt? And I would still say the WWE Championship. Hmm. I suppose maybe in terms of mainstream stuff, the WWE Championship. But yeah. I think it's, I would... it's got much bigger recognition and much bigger credibility these days than the um, the the big gold belt has. I would argue that the WWE belt used to be the WWE heavyweight belt in the late 80s, early 90s, and only stopped being that when they acquired the big gold belt. No, I disagree. Uh, and I also think that the big issue they've got with the big gold belt is, yes, it's got the, all the NWA lineage, but it's also got all the WCW lineage. Uh, yeah. And you're saying that that taints it slightly. Yes. Yeah, fair play. As as all WCW things, after, after about, ni- like, after late 97, anything related to WCW is fairly tainted. Well, uh, it seems like they're going to bring back War Games. Yeah. So that's a WCW thing they're looking to get back. But I don't know what they, um, I don't know what they're going to do now because there was like a lot of obvious stuff you could have done with war games before, but unless it's now a um, brand thing, unless they pick one team from each brand to go into war games. Yeah, that probably it's a virus. Just to keep saying let the wars begin or let the games begin. Yeah, and that just kind of gives the game away what you're going to do in two yeah, months. Yeah, it, it does a bit. Um, I thought it was yeah. nice. I just had a brilliant idea, by the way. What's that? They, they should bring back the big gold belt, and it should be Goldberg that brings it back. That would be good. Oh, no, there's a shout. Um, uh, uh, or, or David Arquette, one of the two. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think... Remember when Vince Russell was champion as well? Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I, yeah, no, weird, fair fair enough, time. I agree with you now, Chris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I think my, my big problem with the split, though, is that although they, they've tried to pave over it by giving... Smacked on the WWE Championship, like Raw has just more champions, right? They got the women's champion, they got the tag team champions, they've got the uh, US champion, and they've also um, are bringing back the cruiserweight division with a cruiserweight champion. Whereas SmackDown's like we we have we have two, we have two champions. Uh, yeah, they, they have the two probably going to end up with four. I just it makes me feel bad for SmackDown. I think we have to. I think we have to give this a wee bit of time, um, because they could, I think they're going to add the tag belts. They're going to add the women's belt, and um, I think they're going to. That's all going to come in time mm. and develop. Um, I also don't understand. I, the, I don't understand why they've given Raw the the cruiserweights. It's just because it's a three-hour show, and that mm. it, Raw really needs something that changes the pace. I mean, they they could so, they could do like the classic nitro thing and give like whatever it was like the first hour is cruiserweights, um, and that would you throw that into the middle of the card because if you if you try to watch a three hour raw live, it's all one pace and all boring. So yeah, that's, I think it, it really that's true. Actually, throwing it like throwing in the middle to break it up would be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that second hour of Raw where the pace really dips and they tend to have some, like, their second-tier promo that lasts way too long. Hmm. And they need something coming out of that, just throw the cruiserweights on after that. A bit of energy. Yeah, for sure. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, and also how many guys out of the Cruiserweight Classic they bring up. Um, which I guess we should talk about, unless you've got anything else to say about the brand slip. Uh Just one quick thing. The presentation of SmackDown is really weird. How they're so? trying new things with the camera angles. And, well, they're trying new things like, on Raw as well, I feel. Uh, yeah, but it wasn't as jarring on Raw. I think Raw came off... I think Raw was much better show than SmackDown this week, mm. although SmackDown was quite good. But just, like, SmackDown's a much bigger change in the way they film it. And it's... I don't know if it's just jarring because I'm not used to it, but it's... It, it looks weird. Um, and hopefully I'll get used to that, but it it just looks a bit weird. It's the old camera that they used to use for the old NXT. They used to have the camera yeah. right close to the ring. Yeah. And I guess it would be cool if, the, if I, was, I was thinking if the camera moved about a bit more. So maybe, yeah, maybe there were some wrote, kind of like slow panning shots and stuff that they were trying coming yeah, from one of the corners to the opposite yeah. corner, things like that. 
quite yeah, interesting. Yeah, so if they go right around the ring, you could maybe get, and maybe change the way you film the handhelds as well, but um, it, it does feel a bit weird at first to be in that, at that angle to the ring. Yep. But hopefully, like you say, hopefully that'll all just smooth out in time and I'll get used to it and they'll find what works and stick to it. So yeah. I have no major objections to that. Just yeah. thought it was a bit weird. I, I think it's good that they're trying to give shows a real identity, though. Like, beyond yep. just we've got different wrestlers on, they're trying to present them differently and all that kind of stuff. It's really important. Yeah, and it makes it feel more real that they're trying to one-up each other. Yeah, I think that's really true. Because they're both trying something different, and that's, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah. a good thing, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, SmackDown's going to be hard-pressed this week, given that uh, Lesnar is back on Raw, but what are you going to do? Well, they'll just have Randy Orton talking about him taking performance-enhancing drugs again. Yeah, it's just not that interesting, I feel. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel it's like Lesnar is back and it's been confirmed, even though there's contract issues, Paul Heyman will be there as well. Um, so what are you going to do? Well, uh, when Talk I, for five minutes. Well, when, when I, sorry, when I say confirmed, I mean um, the, Dave Meltzer has said that Heyman will be there, which is pretty solid. That's um, but yeah, I, I just think SmackDown's going to be hard-pressed to compete with that. Like, there's not much you can have that's like, oh, I guess I guess Brock Lesnar was there. And yeah, you, you do have Orton come out and just talk about PEDs because it's fun. Um, <laughs> and New Orton is fun, Orton. I like New Orton. New Orton is like, I don't give a shit. I don't, never, I don't need to get pushed for the belt. It doesn't matter. So he just does what he wants to do. Yeah, most shocking thing about Randy Orton's return was that first week he came back, he was wearing trousers. That's true. That was weird. But he does seem to be having a good time, and I like that. I I thought he was really good on the highlight reel on um, Battleground. I thought he was fun on that, and he's clearly enjoying himself. Yeah, he seems to be enjoying himself. and Some of his facial expressions and stuff, it's like, yep, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to say what I want. (laughs) I can get away with this now because I am the biggest star in the company. Yeah, it's fine. He's got no issue... And also, what they're going to do, like, yeah, they can they can bid him after um, uh, SummerSlam if they want to, but they're not going to. But like, he's like, well, I'm safe until SummerSlam because yeah. I'm wrestling Brock Lesnar, and you've made a huge deal about it, so yep. you can't. The posters just are already printed. Yeah, you can't just get rid of me, uh, and I'm just going to put on a good show at SummerSlam. So it's going to be great. Uh, right. So we should talk about the Cruiserweight Classic. Have you guys watched any of it? I've really I've watched all of it so far. Yep. I've watched none of it. Um, oh, come on, Colin. It's really you have good. to at least watch this week's coming up. It's really it's, it's on the it's on the list of network things I need to yeah, watch. It's, it's really good. Um I was I will say that um it it we we're gonna talk about doing different presentation. I think the Cruiseway Classic is doing an excellent job of presenting things differently. It's very, very different to all other WWE programming. Yes, I think it's great in that it offers something different and it's yeah. something this is something that the WWE Network is in a unique position because it, yeah. it has this big stable of talent, basically, that it can use however it wants. It'd be really interesting to see them branch off in lots of different directions. But, I mean, they have their big primetime shows. They have their developmental show, which is like they're pitching at the minute. They're very much pitching that, like, watch this if you want to see what's the future of Raw and SmackDown Yeah, is NXT. But this stuff is like, no, this is a tournament. This is actual... Just a, it's just a wrestling show. Nobody's talking. Nobody's doing anything. Like they're not pitching characters specifically. It's just no. This is a wrestling tournament, um, yeah. and that's something very different that we haven't seen in the world of professional wrestling for quite a while. I don't think. But I like that they're giving that they are. Um, they had like the the bracket breakdown show, the bracketology show before it all started, which broke yeah. down all the wrestlers involved and introduced you to them. Um, and they do more analysis every like every time before a match. They give you a little bit of analysis. They give you interviews with the competitors. So that's really fun. Um, they're even doing little things like matches start of a handshake, which makes it feel a lot more um, like it's important, I feel. Just- yeah. And because they're not doing like promos, like traditional pro wrestling no. promos, they're doing much more of their character building in the ring during yeah. the match. But and also, that's really I think evident to see. I think because there's not promos, it makes it feel more like um, a UFC kind of thing, where it's all done in pre-fight um, taped footage rather than anything else. So that yeah, works but, really well. Uh, 
and very much like the really, really early days of UFC, where they're talking about different styles yeah. and what's going to yeah. end up coming out on top. Yeah. But just going going back to the point about them building characters in the ring, Brian Kendrick's match on this week. He was great. Is he was a superb. Perfect example because superb. he came out. They were chanting his name before he came out. And obviously because the crowd all knew him. So they were chanting his name before he came out and he got the biggest cheer that anybody's got at the, at, on the Cruiserweight Classic yep. so far. Yep. Obviously super popular. He gets in the ring and works a, what, 10, 15 minute match yep. with the guy whose name has just gone out of my head, who was also great. Um, and during the course of that match, he turned it around, he became the heel, and he ended up with a crowd booing him at the end when he won. Hmm. So, you know, he went from being the big star that everyone was cheering for and just like just a few little things he did through the course of the match turned the crowd around on him. And it was like, yep, that's exactly how that's exactly how a wrestler should comport themselves in the ring. That's how it's done. Yeah, it's been it was really, really impressive. Um, it was uh, Raul Mendoza from uh, yes. uh, from Mexico. Mexico. Yep. Yeah. He was very good, too. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really really enjoyable. Uh, that was brilliant. In like he just he turned so naturally over the course of the match, and at the end he's just got this big evil grin on his face. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And also his turn makes sense because all his uh, pre match stuff is him talking about how this is probably like his last chance. Yep. So it makes perfect sense that he's going to like go all out in this. Um, and aside from anything else, he's just actually really quite good at what he does. Yep, that's so very true. Uh, there's I, no excuse for not having him back, I don't think. I thought um, the uh, the Zack Sabre Jr. match was very enjoyable, like as a technical match. Um, I really like that. Um, yep. And he's going to be great going up against Drew Gallick in next week, or in the week after next or something, in the quarters. Uh, yeah, or whatever it is. Round. Is it the quarters? No, the second round's not the second round. Yeah. yeah, round of 16. Um. Yeah. So that's it's gonna be great, and it's just being built really well. And as we were saying about the styles, it is the the styles really do contrast, and it's a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. because of that. Um. But yeah, I I think for me, it's just the main thing is they are trying something really different. The presentation, and it's really really clicking. Yeah, it's I mean, it is complete so well. opposites. I mean, Zack Saber Junior. I don't think in that match, I don't think anybody went off the turnbuckles at all. No. It was all, uh, certainly for the first half of the match, it was all map-based. It was all like catch wrestling. It was all hold and escape. Um, yeah. It, it was like real technical. And, I mean, some people don't like that. Some people find that a little bit more boring. But to go, to be able to have matches like that and people like Zack Sabre Jr. wrestling in matches like that. And then the week, was it the week before they had like Lynche Dorado and wrestlers like him? Um, and the week before that, they had... Uh, Kota Ibushi, yeah, who's all strong style. You know, they're they're all very different styles, and they're making a big point yeah. out of saying that just because they're cruiserweights, they're not all like high flyer luchadors. No, exactly. You got like Tajiri's that, uh, yeah, Tajiri's there kicking the shit out of people. Like, it's a lot of fun. It's just, yeah, it's it's great, and I'm really really enjoying it. Um, and I can't wait to see who wins. Uh, and it is a little bit more like raw and uh, unpolished, even compared to things like NXT. Yeah. So, like, there is the odd mistake here and there that you see, but it all, it has much more of a feel of an independent wrestling show. Oh, yeah, show. for sure. Um, and what, um, what I really like as well, though, is um, they've done a really good job at keeping the field very open. Like, there's no one you feel is the obvious, oh, this is the guy who's going to get to the final or whatever. Like, no, I thought that, I mean, I already spoiled that Kendrick match. I thought that Brian Kendrick was going to lose that match because yeah. he doesn't need to win it. They don't need to push him. Everybody knows who he is. So if they want to sign him to the new cruiserweight division, they can, and they don't lose anything by not having him advance. I don't so think he's going to go. I don't. I don't think he's going to get signed because, like, I think he's too old now to get signed for any real length of time. Uh, I think this is just them doing each other favors because he trains people for them. Yeah, and they need an experienced hand in the tournament. I think that's probably to say. Although Tajiri has been signed now, I would imagine he he came into the tournament for the same reasons. They just wanted. A few people who've got good WWE experience, who they know are going to be safe workers, and they know can hold down well, matches if they need they, to. They can sign somebody like Brian Kendrick, and he only has to do a job for the next two years for them, and that yeah, sets up the division. That's very. Or true. they could sign him to NXT, and he brings those all the young stars on. Mm. But yeah, I just, I've, I've been loving it, and I can't wait to see um, some of the later rounds. And also, 
Uh, the thing I'm actually really looking forward to is seeing uh, whether or not they actually, because it's um, all these matches are 20-minute time limit, and they mm-hmm. made it clear, I think it was, I can't remember it was week two or week three, um, but they actually made it explicitly clear that in the case of a draw, um, the they, neither competitor advances yeah. and the competitor they would have faced gets a bye. Yep. Uh, so I think it's going to be really interesting if they make anything of that, because um, you could definitely hear that if two guys you're going to sign um, wrestle yeah. to a draw. I think that would be brilliant. Well, they've already had, I mean, uh, was it Kota Ibushi was on NXT this week and Hobo yeah. Loon is on next week? Yeah, um, but that's, so that's, 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 more for, that's more for cross-promotion. That's yes. just to promote the cruise work, particularly as it's on after NXT. Yeah, It's just them going, here, you can see these guys. But um, it's clear to see that they're fostering working relationships oh, yeah, with these people. Sure. That is always going to be a good thing. Um, and what I'm really looking forward to next week is uh, Gagano versus Champa. I think that's going to be great. Yeah, and Noam Dar next week. Noam Dar well. next week as well. I was actually just watching him on uh, uh, What Culture Pro Wrestling because he wrestles for them as well. I was watching him before we recorded that, uh, and it, it's um, he was brilliant on that, and I think he's going to be brilliant in the tournament as well. Mm-hmm. I have seen pictures of him somewhere. Well, well he's Scottish, so yeah, Hold on I didn't to them, meet. Yeah. He might end up being a big star in WWE. Well, yeah. I, I don't know where they are, but they're somewhere in this um, this cave of a room. It's just filled with crap. Yeah, so I, I, I have I have signed Grado pictures here as well. If that's yeah, I can't see I can't see them signing Grado to Monday Night Raw anytime soon. Uh, I've, uh, well, he would be so much fun on Raw, though. He'd be great. Yeah, uh, they'd have to license that Madonna track. Don't yeah, you? that's the, well, they had big problems with that with TNA and everything as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. WWE right. just get their music guy to basically rip it off the way they do sometimes. True. <laughs> the old WCW ones where it was it da- Dallas Page had uh, smells like Teen Spirit, but just like re- reversed the way the chords went, so it went up instead of down. Yeah. And they got away with it. All right. Do we yeah. want to talk about Battleground? Battleground. I suppose we should since we're here. When was that? Two- oh, yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So what did we yeah. think overall? Talk, talk, about, talk about the show overall first, and then we'll uh, talk about the other stuff afterwards. Overall, it was a decent episode of Raw. <laughs> uh, yeah, to be brutally honest, right, I th- I was, remember thinking, oh, that was quite a good show, but now I can't remember anything about it. It felt very so, quick yeah. when I watched it. It just it felt like it just flew by. Um, like it, di- it didn't feel like I'd watched three hours of wrestling. No. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was quite painless and really didn't leave any sort of impression on me. No, not uh, really. I mean, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens was my favourite match. That was excellent. Tonight. That was, was that a good was match. Excellent. Um, I actually thought Rusev versus Zack Ryder as well. I thought was really good. I really enjoyed that, particularly the way that um, they've started to do this with a few people now. But the way that Zack Ryder hits him with the Rough Rider and immediately goes up for the elbow drop like as quick as he can. Um, mm. And I've started to do that with a few people now where they are trying to chain things together like as quick as you can do it because you know that the other guy is going to kick out. Uh, and I think that's smart in an era where finishes aren't very protected um, mm. to just go, okay, I've hit him, but I need to hit him again with something else, uh, which is sort of similar to what you saw with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens where Sami Zayn hits him with two Haluva kicks. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, that was brilliant. Though we hit him with the first one and then held him up. Yeah, I kind of kind of look, looks at him and thinks about it. So yeah, I thought that that was very uh, very well done to really make you feel. Uh, just um, I'm just looking. I've looked it up on Wikipedia so I can remember something about it. Um, and just looking at it, it's notable for having two women's matches in a pay per view. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time that happened? Um. And that's about all. I didn't think Mez that... versus Darren Young was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Just the finish to that was really <laughs> weird, particularly as they're going off to different shows. Like, was that was it Battleground where Bob Backlund tried to tear his shirt off? Yeah, but yes, and he couldn't, couldn't even have... get that right. The fucking yeah. mess. I actually, I do like Bob Backlund with Darren Young. No. though. I know, oh, I like God, them. No. I like them. I think they're a oh, good combination. Um, I have a picture with Bob Backlund. I can't like no. I, I'm sure he's a lovely man. I can't stand. He's Bob nice. Backlund. He's fucking weird. I can't. No, I can't I really stand like him. him at all. I like. I like them together. I think they work well. I think it gives uh, 
Darren Young something different to his character um, rather than just being stuck as a random mid-carder. Yeah, I uh, think Darren Young is underrated and deserves to do better, deserves to have better. Yeah. But I, I quite I, like Darren Young, I also, but I cannot stand Bob Backer. No, I just think they're working, I think they're working really well together. But I have a signed poster signed by Bob Backlund. I met him at the back of Metalive Stadium at WrestleMania 29. He was just standing at a gate at the back of the, the stadium selling posters that he had signed and taking pictures of random <laughs> people that walked past. Um, okay. I, I don't even think it's a real poster. It's like a poster of a wrestling event where he wrestled Jesse Ventura, but it doesn't look like a real poster at all. <laughs> I think I think he's just made it up before he went to the show and then started selling it. Uh, I feel quite this, sorry for him. This tells us something yes. quite special about you as well, Colin, in that you'll buy any old shit from somebody at the back door of an arena. Yeah, Pretty much. Do you know I own a film reel of the Star Wars Attack of the Clones trailer? Why? <laughs> there you go. Why? Why? It's the Why? worst because... one. Yeah, I know. It's the worst one. Uh, because I was at... Uh, I went to the, the Comic Con thing where I met Grado and Noam Dar and they were having an auction and they said it was a Star Wars film reel and I got all excited and I spent, I think, about 40 quid on it. And it turns out they didn't tell me what it was until I got, after I got it. So I thought I was getting something special, like an actual film reel of the original Star Wars. Oh, okay. and, and, and and then they told me it was the Attack of the Clones trailer. So I'm not really sure what to do with that either. That's actually quite cool to have something like that about Star Wars. I quite like that, even though it's the worst one. Actually, the fact that it's the worst one almost makes that a better story. It's not it's just the worst one. It's not even the full film. It's a fake trailer that they showed. <laughs> That's what I find weird. Is you've got the trailer. Do, do you know? Do you know what I almost bought at that uh, Comic Con as well? I almost bought a signed poster by Hardcore Holly. But luckily, <laughs> I was luckily I was, my my bid of two pound eighty was outbid by someone at three pounds, and I've never been so glad to lose anything <laughs> in my life. Yeah, I would, I'm not surprised you're glad to lose that. Jesus. Yeah. Oh dear. Um. So. Like, oh, quick, quick note, quick note about that. I paid to meet uh, Teddy Biasi, but I did not pay to meet Hacks or Jim Duggan. But just. But, you, he, but you, he was. He was. He was too. He was too much. Okay. <laughs> so you'll buy. You'll buy shitty Star Wars film trailers, and you'll buy posters from weird old men standing at the back of an arena. But you won't like Ted Biasi. Fine, but. Um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, too far. He's a bars himself too many times in his career. Right. Yeah, okay. I think I would rather yeah. meet Ted DiBiase than <laughs> oh, of course. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. Of course. But, uh, Jim, Jim Duggan I mean... seems like a weird guy. Like, Ted DiBiase seems like he'd still be pretty sane. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was literally just interrupting conversations with Hole yeah. nonstop. There, there was a there was a Q and A session where people were given legitimate answers, and he was just randomly shouting in the middle of them. Plus, I, which is funny for the first two minutes, and in X fifty eight, not so much. Yeah, that wasn't even really funny in nineteen ninety. Yeah. Plus, you got to think like Ted DiBiase might bet you that you can't do some weird thing. Mm, maybe make you clean your shoes and yeah. then throw hundreds of dollars at you while you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always thought that was the weirdest thing. Teddy Biossi, like back in the 90s when he was degrading people, it was like, do this menial task for me. And then people were doing it and he would go, ha, 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 and throw like $800 at them. I'm like, well, I'll do that task for $800. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I suspect it wasn't real money. I suspect he was just throwing paper at them. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You try to tell me that wrestling's fake here. <laughs> I'm telling you, people stood at the concession stand screaming, "It feels real to me." All, I, all, I, all I'm saying is, Ted DiBiase is a scumbag. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, okay, probably. I'll take that one. He's, he's the kind right, of, like, he's the kind are, of person. Are you who, saying like maybe Canadian dollars? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> like they're just not really worth much. <laughs> Australian dollars. <laughs> Australian dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just picking up like, why do you even have these? <laughs> Um, That's kind of a heel move. Yeah. Uh, well, well, what did we like? I I thought the six man tag was good. 
the John Cena big cast and Enzo versus the club. I thought it was a little bit disappointing that the club won. But um I like that. Clubton won. Yeah, the club did they not? I thought they did. Oh. No. How did, yeah. how did the Enzo and Big Cass win? I forget now. John Cena oh, yeah, gave yeah, AJ and his Super A off the top rope. Yeah. Um, yeah I thought Jesus. Enzo was amazing before his match. His yep. promo was one of the funniest things I've seen in WWE in a long, long time. And it's like, I know that I have become the person that sticks up for John Cena, um, which is really not a position I expected to find myself in. But how cool is it to see John Cena's face when Enzo Amore is doing that stuff? He's just like he's so like surprised and like really enjoying it himself. It's just, just it's, it's, it was just John Cena just like applauding midway through that promo. Yeah, yeah. Just like this is yeah. just fantastic. Like he's just sitting down to enjoy the show. And what I would literally the two things I love were one was John Cena just marking out when uh, Enzo called him a certified G. Yeah, uh, and he was just so he was just seemed like he was genuinely happy to to be called it. Um, and also, I just have uh, it, like big caskets in the Mike Stewart's promo. And before you see it, it's like everyone just give up for for Enzo. That was that was yeah. excellent. That was just excellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was really weird, like because I, I did did big caskets. They were still like in promo class or something. No, I just found that bit slightly weird. It was great, but it was also just really odd as well. <laughs> yeah, just... it's kind of a follow-on from the, was it the week before or two weeks before when Enzo was doing stuff and John Cena said, like, you just come out here and shout in punchlines. And Big Cass was like, that's Enzo. That's yeah. what he does. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> but I also thought um, Big Cass's mini promo was quite good as well. Yeah. Uh, Cass is, obviously he's not in the same league as Enzo, but he's not bad. Yeah, he's got the he, like, it, and this is quite a rare thing. Big Cass seems to know what's funny. I think which well, as well. Quite often wrestlers don't get when they're doing promos. What I think with Big Cass is he does more traditional promos, whereas um, Enzo is just like line, 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 line. Just they're all yeah. They're, he's just hitting every line. Um, Big Cass gives stuff that's kind of a more traditional promo, but he is still good at it. Uh, and that's yeah that's i think that's why they work well together and um, i did enjoy like his little soccer mom story about aj styles was pretty good um yeah. but i thought the match was enjoyable too um i thought it worked well overall uh and i thought they did good stuff um yeah smart to follow that miz darren young match with enzo as well yeah definitely uh, oh, that's that. No, so that's why I got mixed up because it was the other six man tag where I was disappointed that the New Day lost um, to the Wyatts. Uh, and that was just, yeah, that was just a completely forgettable match. And also really odd after they had their big, like, um, brawl at the, the Wyatt compound. Uh, yeah. And then just went to, like, a normal match the next week. The brawl weird. was good. But it was it was no final deletion, was it? Well, no, it was clearly uh, ripping off the final deletion in every single way. Um, it's fascinating. We haven't, we haven't talked about the final the deletion. We haven't talked. Oh, it's definitely ripping the final deletion off. But they must have had uh, to start thinking about it and planning it weeks before that final deletion stuff happened. Oh no, no, because um, WWE got shown early cuts of the final deletion stuff, like uh, when they were in Japan, I think. Um, so they really are just like reacting to stuff that TNA is doing. Not a lot of stuff to that TNA's doing because TNA only has about four good ideas a year. But um, the final deletion. <laughs> to be was honest, fun. this this was a. I thought the the white compound one was actually brilliant, and it was no, real it serious, and was. it was cut really well. Uh, and it, it didn't get any credit because it came the week after the final deletion. No, but they they, they I, it, I it, it didn't. They did. It was it was amazing pro uh, segment, but. The final deletion had the fact that it was batshit mental yeah. and absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Pete, have you watched the final deletion yet? I have. I've seen the director's cut. It's, oh, it's super. Excellent. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it's the, like there were moments during that where you did just want to stand up and applaud. It's like, yep, this like I'm not sure if it's if they if they actually get it or if they're just so far down the rabbit hole that they they. They can't see anything else, but that's, I mean, that's. No, just, they definitely get that's it. Pro wrestling, they that's how it should be. The, the, re- the reason you know they get it is um, Matt Hardy's commitment to his character. Matt Hardy's commitment to Broken Matt Hardy is the reason <laughs> you know that they get what they're doing. Um, and he, he knows he's found 
Like, I think for both of them, they're both at a point of their career that, like, we don't care if we get fired. Like, you look at their houses that are in that, they clearly don't give a shit if they get released. They're like, no, nah, we're good. Um, but everything about it's great. Like, the use of King Maxwell is so much fun. Um, the, like, the, uh, what was it, the wonderful xylophone? No, was, it, was it delightful yeah. xylophone? Um, the, the dilapidated boat. The dilapidated boat. The dilapidated boat. <laughs> that is oh, not... have, have you seen? Have you seen the sequel to the final? Deletion? Yes, it's great. The dilapidated boat is now named Skarsgård. Um, <laughs> um, oh, just the, like that moment. That that's a career-defining moment. Yeah. Is, well, just well, well, just running along. Dilapidated yeah. boat. Yeah. Um, also, the reason you know uh, they know that what they're doing is when Matt Hardy uh when when Jeff has got the Roman candle and when Matt Hardy shouts uh oh shit breaking out of like the broken Matt Hardy character like because he doesn't do that as broken Matt Hardy he just does that as normal Matt Hardy <laughs> and I think that's when you realize they know what exactly what they're doing <laughs> just him going, oh shit and running um, and Jeff going oh shit is right the I'd watched like the deletion first and then I seen that it was a director's cut and I the the literally the drone segment is my favourite thing stuff. ever. Well that, that that stuff was shown like earlier on the that was another segment that was shown earlier on TNA I think. Um Yeah but it's it, it's it great batshit mental yeah. and it, quite, Matt Hardy riding the lawnmower menacingly yeah. across Jeff Hardy's weird cut-up grass was Do you, do you want to know, do you, do you want to know something honestly about that, right? Um, I think it was Josh Matthews arranged all the filming and stuff for it. And he said he turned up at Jeff's house and that was just what was in the lawn. That's just, they didn't do <laughs> that for the final deletion. That's just Jeff's lawn. Oh, which is it's, which it's, makes it like five times crazier. Like, no, that's just what I do, with my lord. You're like, what the fuck are you doing with your life, Jeff? You're a weird guy. It's, uh. Yeah, it's, it, it was, apparently they just went round picking up random shit from around their gardens, and it was just all those Jeff Hardy weird sculptures to decide to pick yeah. up. Oh, apparently, uh, but um, literally everything they're using that, with the exception of the ring, you can buy on Amazon. <laughs> Probably Every, no, th- no. Uh, they just roughly said every single prop they use in that they can all be bought on Amazon because that's where they got them all from. <laughs> the it's, it's it's genuinely one of my favorite, one of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling. Because it is it's just so mental. It is. It's it's but, because they just keep doubling down. You're like they can't go any crazy. You're like no, they can. I've I will definitely say everyone said this. The finish is a little bit disappointing. Um, I you could get what they're going for thematically. Um, but as an actual finish, it just felt a bit lightweight. Um, like it, after everything they'd gone through, it didn't look like that fool should have taken Jeff out, really. But uh, yeah, there was certain moments where it just didn't feel like it had the danger that it needed to have, or the danger that it had had in yeah. the minutes previous. Like even the fireworks stuff, I think I thought was a little bit messy. Yeah, but I also think that unless you've got like a huge pyrotechnics crew to help you yeah. out, like yeah. that's impossible to do well. Uh, and I think they did the best with what they had. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it did kind of fit. The whole thing was a little bit kind of cheap and yeah. But I think that I, th- I also think that's kind of part of the point as well. Yeah, it was definitely part of the attraction. <laughs> yeah, and the- for for one, like I didn't watch, I didn't see it live, didn't know it was happening, didn't see it coming up or anything. But for one night, my Twitter feed was. Fucking crazy! It's yeah. like people talking about the Hardys and talking about drones and like holograms and broken mat. And I was like, "What? The- Have I banged my head and woken up in an alternate reality? Uh, what is going on?" Broken so Matt Hardy night, is like the they best managed to get the whole internet talking about yeah. TNA and like when was the last time that happened? Um, like so bro- mission accomplished. Broken Matt Hardy is the best character in wrestling. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't, how? Why? How is his hair like that? I don't know, but it's great, right? It's excellent. It's weird. How does a person's... That's not a person's hair. That's not human hair. It's like the the longest pubes in the world are growing out of his head. (laughs) Well, as as Matt Hardy would say, it is delightful. (laughs) 
Did you know it's, it's he's, nice he has to... hair. It's his, it's his accent. His accent's yeah. evolved from someone sounding a bit mad to just a South African guy. Yeah. It's just a South African accent now. Did you know he has an extreme dislike for mustard? Because <laughs> that, that was also in the sequel to um, to the broke to it. That's great. Is this one of the Matt Hardy facts? No, it, it was literally in the um, in the sequel thing they oh, did the I'm, next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're sitting down yeah. for dinner and he he's ordering like a server around in their house. And he's like, H- her, bring me something, but no mustard. I have an extreme dislike for mustard. And he's like, why? Why are you saying that? It's great. Uh... It's just fun. Everything about it was fun and that was the main thing. Um. And like you genuinely felt bad for Senor Benjamin. Yeah, they're selling Senor Benjamin T-shirts now, aren't they? He's great. He's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. I I, I love the the best bit is Senor Benjamin at the start being like, "Is Matt all right? Like, he seems <laughs> like he's sick." Um, it's yeah, that's that's really fun. Um, so uh, we should we should go back to battleground though, and talk about the um the triple threat. Obviously, the shield triple threat. Firstly, amazing video package beforehand. Yeah. Like the video package that led into this was fabulous. Really well done. Really Something that WWE does very well anyway, but this was a very good yeah, one. Yeah, this was exceptionally good, even by their standards. It was just brilliant. Um, obviously, Dean Ambrose going over in the end. But, I mean, firstly, did anyone really think Dean Ambrose was going to win? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought they might. I, I didn't. Obviously, it was never going to be Reigns after his um, drug issues, but I thought they yep. might put it on Rollins. Uh, I predicted the actual finish of this match as well. I said Dean Ambrose would go over Roman Reigns because it okay. was like a punishment for his drug stuff. Yeah, though it's hundred percent punishment for his drug stuff. So beating 100%. him clean in the ring. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I really. I just really really liked it. Like it's a really good match. Um. The little mini shield spots they did were good. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Rollins trying to fist bump people at the beginning, and they're both like, "No, no, o- obviously <laughs> no. we're not going to fist bump you, you fucking asshole. We both hate you." Um, the interesting thing I did find was you—you you kind of got the um, the thing that we've seen before, but where it was, uh, um. Rain was it Reigns, Ambrose, and someone else? Who was that with? There's like another triple threat or something. That was Reigns and Ambrose. Lesnar. Oh, Lesnar. Yeah. Well, they took Lesnar out, uh, and they kind of did the like, oh, we're gonna have to do this now. And you kind of got the similar thing with Rollins and Ambrose, but with way like, uh, but they kind of teased a similar thing was gonna happen, and then Rollins just hits him with a chair <laughs> instead. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really great because he's because you when they, it's the spot where they put uh range for the table and beforehand like Ambrose is like we're gonna do this and I'm gonna deal with you and everyone's just like yeah sure whatever uh, and they do it and Ambrose is celebrating and then he Reigns just hits him with a chair mm-hmm. it was brilliant uh, I think the the roles for this match were a bit odd because they have the the like massive, massive face that the crowd hates and boos. They have the guy that's meant to be like super heel that the crowd's really trying to like. Mm. And they have Dean Ambrose, who is meant to be kind of that tweener figure that just doesn't give a shit, but the crowd absolutely adores him. Mm. So they're kind of really confused roles. And they said, I think Michael Cole said at the start of this match, said something about that said something about Rollins being the heel and Reigns being the face and yeah. Ambrose being somewhere in between. I, d- I, don't and think I kind of were... thought, well, that's not really the reality of the issue. That's just what the WWE script but, writers but think. But it, it also didn't feel like Reigns worked that way in the match, really. No. Like, Reigns didn't feel like he was heel. He didn't feel like he was anything. No. He was just like... Um... And they still sold him as the big guy and still as very dangerous, which was smart. Yeah. But I think that kind of speaks to a problem that WWE has with these three guys over the next couple of months is that they yeah, have to figure out sure. what their character is and how to get the crowd to buy that. Because Roman Reigns, coming back from that drug ban especially, Roman Reigns could have come back and just been like super heel and it would have worked and the crowd would have really bought into that. And Seth Rollins could have come back from his injury and been the hottest face of the company. But mm-hmm. they've obviously... And it looked for a little while like they were going to try and play 
that a little bit with him still trying to be a bit smug about things. But he's still playing that smug heel and his slogan is rebuild. What is it? Rebuild, re... I can't remember. But the whole thing about getting his belt back. Yeah. Um, uh, well, rebuild, redesign, reclaim. Yeah, it's a real like almost like a John Cena slogan. Oh yeah, no, that's that's they, WWE. You've got no idea what they're doing with Rollins. It's a real problem, like because they they did that yeah, and they gave him like really the, they, when he the, when he came back, they gave him like the big WWE twenty four thing and made him look like a really sympathetic face. Yep. and he was healing it up all over the place. You're like, you can't have both. Just yep. pick I think one. the issue is that the they can do this with his character and he would probably be good at it and the crowd would completely buy into it, but he is so good being the smarmy heel that they just he don't is. want to waste that. But they, they've kind of caught themselves with him and with Roman Reigns and the efforts that they've gone to to push him as a face. They've caught themselves in between the two and it's a really confusing message. It's great that they've kept him as the golden boy on Raw as well, though. Yeah. We're like, Styles had to, uh, not Styles, uh, Balor, had to win um, like a fatal four way and then beat, beat Roman Reigns to get a title shot, and they were like, and also the other guys Rollins, just like he he gets a title shot, yeah, automatically. Um, so that I this I think it's smart they they have continued to do that. Uh, but I we you talking about Reigns being punished actually? Like Reigns loses mm-hmm. the World Heavyweight Championship yep. at Money in the Bank. Then is immediately suspended, uh, and, and that's pretty much because it seems like they knew about the drug violation before Money in the Bank started. Um, comes back, loses again, goes on to Raw, loses yeah, to a, clean in the ring by Dean Ambrose. Yeah, and then goes on to Raw and loses to a guy who's probably like a hundred pounds and a lighter and a foot shorter than him. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a great way. That was a great way to introduce Finn Balor. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was it was excellent. And then, oh, and then also make Reigns give the I respect that guy promo afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. Like, they are punishing the shit out of him at the minute. Uh, but yeah, I just, I loved it. I thought it was a great triple threat. I thought what they've done since was brilliant as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, looking back over this card, like I'm saying that it was instantly forgettable, but looking back over this card, there were a number of matches there that I actually really liked. Hmm. Um, and I feel it's flowed well into what has come next. Yeah, I think perhaps the strength of Raw and SmackDown to a lesser degree that followed straight after it, I think, are perhaps the reason why I, I don't remember. Yeah, they were they were excellent Raw, excellent SmackDown. Um, Raw in particular was brilliant. SmackDown was very good as well. I think Raw was probably better. Yeah, I think SmackDown, any other week we would have said, God, that was a great SmackDown show. But following that Raw was difficult because yeah. Raw was such a good match, such a good show. Well, particularly when they're like, all right, internet, like all the internet fans want something. Right, they can fucking have it then. Sasha Banks is the women's champion. Finn Balor is the number one contender. He's going up against Seth Rollins. What else do you want? Yeah. <laughs> what next? Sami Zayn beat Kevin Owens. <laughs> Sami Zayn beat Kevin Owens on, uh, yeah, on, the, on um, Battleground. It's just like, we're going to fulfill every dream you want. You, you want Dean Ambrose to be champion? Dean Ambrose is champion. What else? <laughs> they made Dolph Ziggler number one contender. Then they immediately complained that Dolph Ziggler was number one contender. I think um, he went on Twitter today and was like, Did you, you asked for this for years and you finally got it and now you're not happy. Yep. So, exactly. Yeah. No mention of Bailey on Raw or SmackDown, though. She did an interview and com and said it was a one-off. Yeah, but you think, you think but you think they would have given her like a little just note. Yeah, it, bit of shame that she's still not called up. Uh, it's she, just crazy to see even Marie coming back and like even Carmella, who I like, but is nowhere near the ability of Bailey. And Alexa I think it Bliss, makes sense. I think Dana makes, Bloody Brook, but they've left Bailey in NXT. It's just to, absurd. To me, it sort of makes sense. Um, I did see. Uh, an interesting one was someone said, "Well, what they should have done is uh, um, let uh, William Regal like protect NXT superstars, so they weren't eligible to be drafted. Like, just say the two NXT champions can't be drafted. Um, you can't draft uh, like the number one contenders or the presumptive number one contenders, and he could have been like, oh, and also I protect uh, Nakamura, because yeah. what is the logical reason for like not for picking Mojo Rawley over Mac- Nakamura?" Like, yeah. what's the logic there? Um, 
So I think that was the one. I think that was probably the one of the bigger missteps is that a lot of the NXT picks, even though they did most of them off of the main draft, they did them on like the draft center thing. Uh, I think that was a bit of a misstep because it just made it illogical. Like but it why... almost makes it worse to do that though, because the only people that know those NXT stars that should definitely be called up are people that have the network and watch that stuff every week. Because oh you yeah, could see it. You could see it being. Uh, more accepted by a raw audience that's never really heard of Bailey so much. Mm. Like ninety percent of the raw audience probably doesn't know who Finn Balor and Bailey are until no. they get TV packages made about them. But doing it on the network, everybody knows who they are, and everybody knows that it's absurd to see Nia Jax called up while Bailey's not. Yeah, if, if I think that's what they were missing, if they like let William Regal say, "I need these people to stay in NXT," it would have been fine because it would have made perfect sense why yeah. they weren't picked. Yeah. Um, and it lets you bring up the people you want with a lot of logic. And also it makes sense for NXT because if they take Bailey out of what's left of the women's division, then there's literally nothing there. Yeah. You know, they need Bailey there because Bailey's what is elevating the rest of the women. In that I mean, that's the that's the actual reason Bailey's staying is because yeah. they, they want her to go up for the championship at Brooklyn. Like, yeah, but I mean, Bailey has stayed behind for a year now and she developed a lot of the talent in that women's division. She brought them into a, a believable position. And I like, think that's included the, in I that think, no, is Alexa Bliss reason. and Carmella and Nia Jack. But that, to me, that's the reason why she hasn't been brought up is because she is developing the talent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, and she seems to be so good at it as well. All the backstage yeah. stuff you see. She's so, so good at that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, like, why bring her up and effectively waste an asset who could be really useful, at, who well, who's proven to be very useful at doing something that you have talked many times about wanting to do. Yeah. I just think that, I mean, I think that legitimately, I think if they called Bailey up and treated her properly, she could be the biggest star in the company. She could be, oh, yeah. in another few years, she could be the John Cena. No, she will of be. That company. She, no, she will be. It's not she could be. I think she almost certainly will be. Because she's just so likable. And listen to the pop she got at Battleground. Yeah. And uh, like as soon as she came out, I like obviously it was obvious it was going to be Bailey that came out to that. But yeah. as soon as she came out, it was like it was brilliant and it was like fantastic. And now she's doing her end. And I was like, oh no, they haven't got the big wavy tube men. Nope. And then the big wavy tube men popped it's up. Like, and I was like, yes, come on. That's why it's fantastic. That's why the whole thing just worked so well. Um, and even you could see Sasha Banks in the ring was like oh, she was having brilliant. so much fun. Sasha Banks loved yeah. it. Um, and I did you see there was a great. Um, uh, WWE.com exclusive thing after uh, Raw where Sasha Banks FaceTimed Bailey about winning the championship. <laughs> no. It was awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> it's just them both being like really excited about it. Uh, and there was also a brilliant interview with them at Battleground where they argue about um, which of them is bigger friends with Nakamura and stuff like that. <laughs> Look, they're clearly just best friends and they are just having so much fun playing with their characters. Um, I love that, that uh, Sasha Banks still has that little bit of healness to her, even when she's being friendly with Bailey. Yeah. She's still got that little heel tune to everything, like she did when they go in for the hug straight away and stuff like that. It's, it's genius. She, they play it so well. Um, it's kind of crazy that. They're not. Well, I suppose they're maybe going to look towards doing something towards the end of this year and spinning it off into maybe WrestleMania, but they need to get Bailey and Sasha Banks in a WWE pay-per-view ring. Oh, yeah. Because the the two matches for NXT last year, their takeovers were just phenomenal. And if they can do that on a big stage, and hopefully the biggest stage possible, then mm-hmm. I think that really just emulate, elevates women's wrestling in general massively. Like, if they can put on a 15-minute match to, of that caliber at WrestleMania, then it'll steal the show and the whole world will be watching. It'll be amazing. Yeah, I think that's what mm-hmm. they're going to do at some point. I think that's clearly the long term plan. It's just a case of when they pull the trigger. Yeah, I just as a big fan of Bailey's, I just wanted it to be for SummerSlam and it's not going to be. Right. But it's going to be soon. Right. Uh, shall we wrap things up then? We're coming up on the one hour mark. Probably. Mm waffled um, on long enough yes yeah, so that's gonna do it for this week's uh ah that's, that's if we good. let colin away though if if we let colin away now he might nip off and buy some more shite yes yeah, he might <laughs> buy another house have to be uh, careful 
Yeah. Because uh, they're, they're so cheap, Chris, I can just keep buying them and buying them and buying them. That's what I think legitimately, I, I feel a bit worried, like maybe we should keep Colin on the phone at all times so that he doesn't buy weird signed posters. Yes. I, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not as bad as I used to be. Uh, the guys at work once had an intervention for me because I just spent 75 quid on donuts and Simpsons tapped out. So <laughs> That's not good. That's that's very no, bad. No, no. Yeah, so I've, I, I'm getting under, I'm getting under control. Don't worry. <sighs> All right. Uh, anyway, we're just going to do it for this uh, episode of the By God Wrestling Podcast. As per usual, I am. Have, ah. As per usual, ah. I have been your host, Chris Lipscomb. Ah. You can get me on Twitter as Halber. It's H A L B Pro. You can get Colin as Bar sixty six. It's Bar with two R's. You can get Peter as Cosplay. You can get the podcast at um, By God Blog. That's B Y G A W D Blog on Twitter, or you can get us on Tumblr at bygod.tumblr.com. Uh, but for now, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> For a yeah. horrible moment, I thought Colin was just going to refuse. <laughs> Do you think you took your no. time as well? You're both terrible at this. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. bye.